couple of things before we get started on this pod. Number one, thank you for everyone that listens to us right now and or ever on a regular basis. We, we can't be more thankful for that. Number two, we recorded this pod in the news cycle of 24 hours in which the Super League was a reality. Therefore, enjoy how silly we sound as 24 hours later and or less it has collapsed, probably for the good of everyone. But anyways, enjoy. We talk about it a lot. If you want to skip past Super League talk, which obviously at this point seems moot, go ahead and skip forward to I think around the 48, 45 to 48 minute mark where we start diving strictly into fantasy. So check that out. We felt like we needed to address it because it was something that everyone was talking about. So we did address it. And then again, of course, 24 hours later, it's moot. So I hope you enjoy the pod as always. And here we go into our normal pod. All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. That was sufficiently different. A little bit. I think it was. Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, I'm not even going to be coy as we get into this episode. We are going to discuss... The upcoming game week 33, we are in the midst, literally the midst of game week 32 as right. we are sitting down recording here tonight on, on Monday night. We're preparing, preparing for the next week. We are. We're going to look ahead and prepare for game week 33. We're also going to discuss just a few things that have happened since game week 32 has begun. A lot of news has come out from a Tottenham Hotspur. Jeez. We're going to discuss that. That's relevant as we mm-hmm. head into game week 33. We're going to say goodbye to the first relegated, officially relegated club of the season. We'll say goodbye to Sheffield a little bit later. And we're going to talk, of course, about this new European Super League that has dominated the new cycle for the last 36 hours as we're sitting down here. Um, in fact, we'll probably try to take a look at it from all the different angles that you can, but not, not too long because we know everyone's already been talking about this. But we want to give you our perspective on this as well. But before we get into all that, Brian, before we get mm-hmm. into all that stuff, I have an announcement to make. Oh, this is exciting, everybody. So. Put on your put on your D pants. <laughs> Go ahead. What's the announcement? D pants. Yeah, like diarrhea. Oh. Do people have certain pants that they just wear for diarrhea? Yeah. Okay. Good. It's old. That's, that's old. That's uh, great. That's old Tim and Eric joke. Okay. okay. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think it's D pant worthy, but okay. it's, well, it's it's still something that's worth getting ready and excited it's, for. It's worthy of saying I have an announcement to make. And yes. now we've built it up too much. Uh, we'll tell us anyway. 100% we have. 
if you follow us on social media, you may have noticed a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of watching uh, some soccer matches, including, Dave, your North London Derby, on a massive uh, theater screen. I hate that I missed that. Of all days that I had to work. In our historic theater in our hometown. Yes. It was, was magical. Brian was there, too. We both mm-hmm. got to enjoy this. Yeah. It's in the beautiful... A historic theater in, our, in downtown Lynchburg, Virginia. It's an important fact. You'll see why in just a second. Uh, it, it was a wonderful day. We got to watch a couple of matches on that Sunday. It was a lot of fun. Ordered in some food. It was a blast. Had some drinks. You know, Sunday morning drinks are... Sure. Well, that's the best kind of drinks. Five, on, five, five o'clock somewhere, Scott. Well, Sunday afternoon wasn't the best, but Sunday morning was a lot of fun. Sure. Anyway, all that to say, we are going to do that on the final day of the season love this this coming may 23rd game week 38 all 10 matches are played at the same time as you know and we're going to get together at the historic theater here in lynchburg virginia in our hometown downtown virginia thank you to the academy center of the arts uh we are good to know people it's good to know people friends with the executive director excited that he has opened this up to uh, our podcast. This is so great. And some other I mean, local it's, fans it's of the Premier League. A, a huge honor that we're able to do this. Absolutely. This I so think cool. we're going to bring our equipment, do some recording, maybe capture some interviews while For we're sure. there uh, of some of the folks that'll be there. So there are still a lot of details that are in the works. But here's why we're talking about this now. If you're close enough, or not even close enough, but you want to make this a special occasion to come at, out. For- at League Billy, at Aaron. Any friends of the pod who would like to be in Lynchburg, Virginia on May 23rd. Come out. We will have details for you. Just reach out to us through one of our social media channels. If you've been hearing us every week just about sure. talk about our social media channels in this podcast, let me go into some detail really quickly. On Facebook, FPL America Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at, I think it's FPL underscore America, if I recall, right? And then on Instagram, FPL America. Look for our podcast on social media. We're also on Patreon. So patreon.com slash FPL America. You can find us in any of those places. Reach out. And let us know that you are interested in attending this event on May 23rd. Obviously, all the matches take place at once, so we'll have a starting time where we'll, you know, before the lineups come out, we'll we'll open up the doors, we'll be ready to begin, and this will go well past when the matches end. And I'm sure we'll, you know, officially be able to see off Manchester City as champions. Maybe who knows? United's making it interesting. Mm-hmm. But we are going to get together for, for a few hours on Sunday. We would love for anyone who listens to our podcast is hearing this right now to join us. So please reach out to us on social media if this is something you think you can do. Once again, this is on the final day of the season, May 23rd, here in our hometown of Lynchburg, Virginia. I, I would love to see uh, at Ryan, at League Ryan, make it down. I mean, Ryan, it's only a trip from Michigan. You could do it. League Diane. It's just a short flight from Oregon. Okay, <laughs> just come on over. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's have a good time. My brother, come on up from Alabama. Okay, That's right. come on up, and um, and let's let's all have a Barry uh, League Barry. Listen, it's a short flight from Dublin, so just come on <laughs> over. Listen, it, it could be a fantastic time. I would love to break bread and share a drink. Not share a drink. Clink drinks. Cheers, drinks, Brian. Yeah, you sharing be- a drink would be weird. Uh, but uh, enjoying a You're drink f- with with so many of our pod listeners, uh, many leaguers, and Patreon supporters, it'd be a, it, it's going to be a great day. I would I would love it if whoever uh, can make it could make it. That'd be fantastic. Your favorite thing to do with a, a somebody that an acquaintance, but you barely know them. Sure. Hey, you want to split a drink with yeah. me? Yeah. Sure. Hey, listen, we can create a Slack tier for this. Yeah. You know, support us at like fifty cents. 
and you can share a drink with Dave <laughs> on the final day of the season. We could do Listen, this. Listen, I'm not a germaphobe. I'll share drinks. I don't care. Get a few <laughs> bourbons in me, and sure, well, I'll, I'll, I'll chase your bourbon. It's whatever. It's fine. Is that a euphemism? It just got weird. Yeah, it did. Take a, take a sip of this, you say to strangers as you're sitting there. Hey, did you ever try this? Try this. Try, try. No, I mean it. Try this. You can only see Brian's eyes when I'm he says such that. A, I'm such a weird. You really are. All right. So oh that's enough gosh. on that. Again, reach out to us on social media if you have any uh, questions or just to let us know you're interested. And we'll make sure to get you the details that we can. All right, Brian. It's time to talk about... Actual FPL stuff. That's true. Uh, not that any of it matters uh, for very much longer, but sure, let's talk about what's been going on so I hate, far. I hate in game this week weird thirty-two. I know developed over the last couple of weeks. I, in fact, Scott, I, I said to you before the pod started, and it's inevitable. We'll we'll get to it. You know, the big elephant in the room. But I'm like, man, I'm, like, is is this are things really going to drastically change? And I don't know, man. It, it it's. Uh, it's just got a weird vibe, freaking weird vibe, and I don't love it. So, so that means we're okay to go on and talk about right, what's go going on, on so far in Game Week 32. Let's talk about what's going on so far in Game Week 32. All right, that sounds good. And really the news about what's happened in Game Week 32 is really about the future and the announcement that will have impact if it occurs, I think, on FPL, although indirectly. And that is this news about the Super League. 12 team, soon to be 20, but the 12 clubs that we know about. The who founding are clubs. Form. Yes. Well, that's what Arsenal said on Twitter, right? We yeah. are one of the Did 12 you, founding, founding clubs. clubs. I know, but like they, they on their uh, website, they posted a whole article explaining and laying out what the intention is and, and everything else. And it, it's not what you hear from pundits and how it's going to destroy it. But I don't know. Look, I've tried to open my mind up to, okay. Why do people hate it? And then I'm trying to look at it from the big club's point of view, like, why do they want it? And obviously, uh, and look, there's going to be views split down the line on, on, on how it is. I, I've, I've just been trying to see it from both sides and trying to keep an open mind on it. Okay, very good. Let's, let's look at this from, like, entity by entity. I think it'll help to organize our, our conversation slash debate on this by looking at it one entity at a time. Let's start with the obvious entity that's being threatened the most by this. So, first of all, I actually misunderstood this when I first heard the announcement. So, just very briefly, this is not a replacement of the Premier League. That's not what this is. This is a replacement of the Champions League. Well, it's, a, it's not a replacement. It is an additional competitor for the for the champ for champions league well you take these 12 clubs out of the champions league <laughs> and eight more it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty dominant competitor that's and that's where i want to start i want to start with uefa so uefa is the organizing body for european football obviously the champions league is their is their major club competition this is a direct threat to the champions league it really is 100 percent. and and it's look this is what I think is going on. Of course, I'm not behind closed doors. I think a lot of the big clubs for a long time understand and know that their wasa, their energy, their, be- their being of being the big clubs carry that league. It carries the gate. It carries the TV contracts. If you filled it, look, and here's the other thing too. Champions League's filled with, you know, there's a lot of good teams that get into it. It's not the best teams. It's just the best teams from from a lot of different countries. Okay, people are on their way in, but when you get down to the quarterfinals and semifinals, and this is what I posted on our Slack channel, Slack sponsor us, 
that that when are you ever shocked at a team in the semifinals? Almost never. Because in a two-legged match, typically the best team will win out. Yeah. So even if in a one in a one-off, yeah, sure, someone can have an amazing day and beat you. Over two legs, it's harder to do. And so you almost always have the same teams winning the Champions League and or even competing for it almost every year. And this is not this is not hard. The, the last big-ish club to win the Champions League was 2004 Porto, Jose Mourinho's Porto. Okay, so before that, it was like 92 Ajax. I, I put off a bunch of stuff on Slack today because I didn't know. I literally said, well, okay, let's go back and look through and see when was the last time one of the these big 12 clubs did not win the Champions League. And you had to keep – I had to keep kind of digging back. Like yeah. it was not necessarily easy to find. And there's nothing wrong with that, but these big clubs know that they bring the gate, they bring the viewership – and, and, and I think what's going on, Scott, is that the UEFA gets some money from Champions League and they spread it out how they want to. They give the big clubs as much as they want to, and oftentimes they probably give as much money to the, some of the lower clubs as well. And what these big clubs are saying is, wait a minute, we're not getting our share. And I know that our share should be bigger because we're bringing the gate. And without us, your, 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 your league will fold. Yeah, Ludogorets isn't doing it out of Bulgaria, I think nope. they play in. You know, nope. Lech Poznan that mm-hmm. you referenced in oh, from yeah. Poland, they're mm-hmm. not doing it, right? It's Real Madrid, it's Manchester City, it's Juventus. It's Barcelona. It's Barcelona. It's Milan. It's Bayern. It's right, someone. it's yeah, not Arsenal. Absolutely. And yet, Dave, <laughs> I will say this. Is, is it just me, or Champions League has just been much more dispensable as a viewing as a viewing competition? Like, I'm. It's not. it doesn't feel like it's essential to watch it anymore. And I would I say s- part of that maybe is because in the U.S. It, it's slid behind a, an additional paywall, yeah. which is a little annoying. Yeah, yeah. And it's not worth it anymore to make the extra effort to watch it. Well, I just – for me, and I know that, that that's something that we love to mm-hmm. throw out there. For me, I still love watching it. I just think that uh, it's easier to win the Champions League than it is a domestic league unless you're playing in France or Spain. But to win the Premier League title, I think it's legitimately harder to win a Premier League title than because you have to show up for 38 weeks, Scott, as opposed to Champions League where you technically only have like 16 games if you're going to win it all. Yeah. 16 games. And you have to be good on individual nights. You don't have to be good week in and week out. You don't have to win every single group match. You don't even have to win on the in the knockout stages both games. You just have to win one more than the other guy. Yeah. So it's like – you. but to win the league – you almost can't slip yeah, up, because, at least not yeah. the Premier League, okay? Well, it's interesting you say that because England right now makes up half of the founding clubs of this league, and I don't think that's a coincidence. England gets four, maybe five if if you win you know, the Europa League or the Champions League the previous season, but, but by default, four is right. the max that you can get uh, slots into the Champions League each season. There's a big six, and I don't know if you've looked at the table lately, but two of the big six are outside the actual top six this season. Yeah. Right. You made the point. The Premier League is very competitive. Right. By far, it's the most competitive of all For leagues. For sure. And I don't think as a result it's a coincidence that you're seeing half of the founding clubs come from England. Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, Well, right now they're outside the top four. 
they want in on the Super League money because the Premier League is so hard to compete in for the Champions League year in and year out. It's that, but it's also this. And, Brian, I I feel like I'm talking over. Please jump in at any moment. But the, the there's no question anyone can if if you question me go look it up. The Premier League makes more money than any professional football league in the world, uh, and why is one reason why I think is because it's English speaking. English has sort of become on some level more of a world language. I'm not saying it's the language of the world. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, you go to most countries. If someone's bilingual, they're going to speak their native language, and then they're going to speak English. And I'm I'm saying. Uh, Look, I know a lot of your look. Europeans know like six languages, okay? I guarantee you that the 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 people who know three and four, five, six languages, they also speak English in one of them. I'm just saying it's it's an easier transferable language for whatever reason it's happened. So I think that might be, and, and others might say, well, that's just stupid, and that's fair. But look, the Premier League has done a great job at promoting itself worldwide and doing preseason tours across Asia, across North America. And they have done a great job over the last 10 years of promoting themselves. And therefore, they have brought in these outside TV money contracts that has greatly, over the last five, six years, put the top-earning clubs in the world. All of a sudden, you start seeing Everton's and West Ham's and Lester's make it into the top money-making clubs in the world. Yeah, right. list was published last week. And and that's from the outside TV money coming into the Premier League. Sure. um, La Liga is nothing. Well, okay, multiple leagues. If you take the top teams out, are gonna are gonna struggle. Okay, you take the top six teams out of the Premier League, it's gonna struggle. It's gonna struggle. But it takes six. That's I think that's it, kind of the point. The the depth is that much greater. Well, it's double that in Spain and Italy. Yeah. And, and same thing in Germany. If you go to Germany, you're gonna get Dortmund and, and Bayern. And I know that they're abstaining at the moment. But wh- who's the third best team in Germany? Red Bull. I mean, it, but is it consistent? It changes, right, every yeah. year, right? And then you go to you go to France, and 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 obviously PSG, and there's been other clubs that have stepped up over the years, but it's not a consistent second. No one's consistently challenging PSG for the title. So, anyways, I just think that it's they need those big, the bigger English clubs have a bigger, not they're not bigger than Barcelona, Madrid, but they have more fans worldwide that will bring it in and make the Super League a competitive league. Well, there's no question the Super League will be competitive. It's and what popular, it does to everything else. Too. And that's why UEFA is fighting against it. So obviously, this is this will re- it, to use a college basketball uh, analogy, this will turn the Champions League this is into not, the, This is not a college basketball podcast. It's not, but I'm going to use an analogy okay. anyway. This will turn the Champions League into the NIT. And the NIT isn't lucrative. It's that that's not where the money maker is. No. It's the March Madness tournament, and the Super League becomes the new March Madness. I mean, the NIT can still have its moments, but no one's tuning in. No that. one's watching them. Right. The ESPN put out a tweet today that said that you know this is the moment that we'll enjoy next year when West Ham and Real Betis play in the Champions League final. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but no one's watching West Ham play a final against Real Betis. Uh, I, I would watch West Ham. I'm on. The, I'll watch Jay Lings and Sioux Fall. Yeah, this West Ham at the current moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm into this. All right, West so let's Ham. talk about why the Premier League is against this. First of all, I think right. Sure. So I and again, I, I think I asked you on Slack today, uh, and I love your opinions on this. I, By the uh, way, can I just say this really quickly? I know we talk all the time about our Slack workspace. It's it's one of the things that we highlight on our Patreon tiers that you get access to. And we've had a number of listeners join that workspace in this last year. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, 
sometimes I'm not going to lie to you. It's not like it's all the time. We're all chatting all the time. We right. have lives. It comes and it goes. But there are times like in the last 24 hours where like I've gone to Slack and I pretty much spent my work day on Slack today because this is so intriguing and there's so many angles. It's yeah. so captivating. And yeah. then another famous person said their opinion and then that adds to the debate. And we've been going on constantly on Slack about this subject. It's just an, just another quick plug for why it's a good thing to join. One of my questions, Scott, was I understand why the Champions League doesn't like it because it's obviously a direct competitor and you're taking away their best teams. Totally get that. I don't understand exactly fully – uh, why some of the domestic leagues yeah. are against it. You had a good point earlier, and I want you to say that in a minute. My question is, why are the domestic leagues against it? All right. I think there's two reasons, and I think they're opposite reasons depending on what country you're, you're talking about. Okay. I think the top clubs from Italy and Spain have joined this league because they are essentially capped – domestically by what money they can bring in right For sure to your point the you know the, the there, there's tv money there but it's it's not huge for those countries and and those leagues are a lot more top heavy and so the place where they go to you know obviously add to their revenue is the european competitions and if they're going to see their cut reduced or at least stagnate in the champions league then there's no place for them to get financial growth anywhere for sure. So this is an opportunity for them to use the European competition as a place for financial growth. On the flip side, I think the Premier League recognizes that this is going to give one of the major captivations of the Premier League, especially at this time of every season, is which of the clubs is going to qualify for fourth place. Is there ever another league anywhere in the world where getting to fourth place has such a prize the answer is probably not. Right. But when you have a big six and only four clubs can get into the Premier two League. Two aren't making it. Two and aren't sometimes making it three. And that creates more drama for you in your domestic matches. For, it's so, true. Now, from the club's perspectives, the, the, the big six clubs, well, so let's, there's, two, there's two groups here, the big six and the non-big six. So first with the big six, obviously, if you can get that money to be guaranteed every year, of course, that is going to be an appeal to you, especially coming out of a pandemic year, which we cannot minimize that. I'm going to get to that more in a little bit because as we sit here, uh, Real Madrid's president has just done a press conference about uh, two hours ago, and it was the most ridiculous one percenter press conference you've ever seen. We'll get to that in a second. Wow, I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> I can tell about your face that you have not seen this, uh -uh, this, press, I do this not know. press conference yet. All right, so anyway, when you're a big six club, if you can get some of that money to be guaranteed, of course you're going to do it. For the non-big big six clubs, your your hope is lost. I mean, literally, we're sitting here, and Leicester and West Ham are fighting for a Champions League spot. If there's a Super League, my 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 prize, my my money, literally, if, if you're a club owner, my, my prize for getting to the Champions League is far less than what it would be if the Super League didn't exist. Well, and what's wild is you said if. Or if it did exist, excuse me. But it does exist, right? And that's what I, in the last 24 hours, I've realized that I've gone from, okay, Super League, I've heard this before, thrown out there, okay, these teams have said that they're interested in it or have they said that they've truly committed to it, to now I'm like, okay, they've actually signed contracts for 23 years. Like, the Super League is happening. 
So now it's just going to be what's the fallout, right? Yeah. Because in, in what the, the president of the UEFA said, hey, we didn't realize that there were snakes in the grass. Yeah, because he, he's basically saying you know, they were committing to these things on, on the Champions League front, on the UEFA front, while they were signing these, these papers for this other league. And, and if that's true, and it seems like it probably had to be, and of course Ed Woodward would be one of the two that he would single out, right? Sure. Uh, you know, if that's easy, true, too easy of a target. He's not wrong. Now, there are no good guys here. Let's be clear. There are no good guys here. It's, this is all about money. Okay, period. It's all about money. The big clubs want their in, look, and I'm air quotes here with my hands. Fair share. Okay, look, they're all making money. They just want more money, and and honestly, and look, and I said this, and and it doesn't hurt my feelings if you you got a bunch of stodgy uh, bureaucrats running UEFA and FIFA, and all of a sudden they're now pouting. This is what it seems like. They're pouting because someone else has actually outsmarted them and has figured out a, a better way to do business. And they're like, oh, well, that's not that's not right. You can't do that. And they're like trying to flex on all the other domestic leagues and trying to, to gain this this air of of superiority that you can't do this to us. And we'll 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 do this and this and this to just ruin you. OK, none of that's going to happen. It's well, all it's great all segue, Dave, banter. because FIFA has also come out saying that they want to see, you know, a peaceful resolution to all of this, you know, process, all this debate that's going on. And it is interesting. There is a there is a a paradigm, there is a system in a sense where all of what we've had up until this point has fit. It's managed to work. It coexists, right? You know there are FIFA designated breaks in the in the domestic season. There are international breaks where you know we dislike them, but they, they're there. But then outside of that, you have the you know UEFA the you know the continental midweeks, and you have you know then then you know the domestic leagues and the FAs get all of the other slots on the calendar to fit in all the organization or all the different competitions that they want to put in. It's a system that works, right? At the country level, the continent level and the world level, it has all worked. This is a threat. This is 12 clubs saying, "You know what? We're big enough where we can start to exert some some authority over over the system. Like we can change the paradigm." And it it is a disruption though, and it and unfortunately by saying and here's I think, this is really where it comes down to, by twelve clubs saying we're gonna have a twenty team competition, and the twelve of us are gonna be in it all the time no matter what, that is the part that I think is rubbing everyone the wrong way the most, because now this system where you've got to qualify for Champions League, right? Where you I mean it it. It's even tied to the concept domestically of promotion and relegation from one level, one league to the next. You know, one level of of your country's pyramid to the next. This is this is the opposite of that. This is we're in automatically all all time super league. We're all time super league, like to use a, a playground schoolboy term. Mm -hmm. And then we'll let in a few others here and there, and then the rest of you you figure it out on your own. But this is so that we can make ours. When you're the big dogs, Scott, you can call those shots, though. I mean, look, they're the ones. These founding clubs are the ones taking the risk. So anyone else that they invite in, there's not taking this initial risk. So I get it. If these clubs, the founding clubs, want to be like, okay, well, I want to be guaranteed for the next 23 years. 
And so they, they signed this 23-year contract where they, they will be in the Super League for the next 23 years. So I, I hear you, and I don't disagree with that, but, and I understand how people could see that, but I also see the fact that these clubs are taking a huge risk in doing this, and they're like, I want to be guaranteed something. And so, I mean, there, there it kind of is. And yet, you say that, but okay, so then Florentino Perez, Real Madrid president, comes out tonight. He's the first one of the group. I, I, I'm told, I, I think I saw somewhere where he's like the chairman of the group. So, of course, as the representative, he comes out and does this press conference tonight. After 36 hours of just getting bashed by anyone and everyone who can get a microphone, even sure. that, you know, people like us who have microphones, you know, giving their opinions on why this is a terrible idea. Although I don't think it, I, I, I'm still wavering. I just want that. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll get to my opinions here at the, as we wrap up this part of the pod. I will say, and, and there might be differing opinions to this, but he came across as a total one percenter. Like, we are losing money because of the pandemic. And so as a club, we have to do this in order to make money. And when we make money, then we'll make money for everybody else, which I get that's kind of how the football pyramid is set up. But essentially, he came across as a guy saying, I can't afford my four yachts. I need to create this other thing to get more business to make the money so that I can keep all four of my yachts. And let's not forget, too, there's going to be a lot of analysis that I haven't even seen yet of this press conference. Again, it only happened a couple of months or a couple of hours ago as we we're recording this. But he also seemed to put a fair share of the blame for the need for this league on players. Like, we can't afford to pay the top players and have them on our clubs if we don't do something to make more money. And so it, it's very myopic. My first initial response on Slack after seeing this press conference was, oh, really? Wow, I'm so glad that we can make sure that the top 1% of clubs make all the money that they're not making right now in the last year. You know, I just, I just wonder how the other 99% of clubs are doing it to stay afloat and to keep players on the pitch so that they can still exist. But you're right. We need a super league so that you can continue to have all the money that you're expecting to make as Real Madrid president. Good for you. I just think that, they're, uh, again, the, the clubs are tired of seeing UEFA telling them what to do with the money that they're making. The big clubs know that they make all the money for the league, all the money for Champions League. Without the big clubs, the Champions League turns into dust, yet they're not getting their share. The UEFA keeps as much as they want, and they, they pay out whoever else that they want to pay, and they pay how much they want to pay. And I think the big clubs have been saying for a long time, you need to change something. Arsene Wenger said this 10 years ago. 10 years ago, he said, in 10 years – we will probably see a super, some form of a super league. I don't know verbatim at the, if he said the actual word super league, but some form of a, a super league where the big clubs will join together. And, and not that he, Arsene Wenger is a prophet, but it, if there's one thing he is on some level, like he had a hand in changing football in England, period. Okay. Pep and Klopp had done their, had to have their footprint on changing. Their, the, the football and how it's played in, in England and possibly even worldwide. Like, there's different guys come along and they, they change things. They have different philosophies. They see things. Mourinho, back in the day. Mourinho had, had his time. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there's no doubt that, that I'm just saying, Wenger saw this 10 years ago and he said, in 10 years, we're going to have some form of a Super League. It would seem it, it, like he saw it, like people were seeing, seeing it back then. UEFA, that I, what, what I imagine is this. The big leagues have been saying, or the big clubs have been saying, UEFA, you need to do this. 
these are changes you need to make. If you don't, we are thinking about this. Here's the thing. The, the, hold on. The rumors of this Super League have been going on for at least two or three years. It's true. UEFA has have ostriched their head into the ground and buried it and said, no, 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 everything's fine, everything's fine, no, 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 no. When, when on all actuality, they finally, they finally did it. I said today, this feels like UEFA was dealt a poker hand, given the two of clubs and the three of hearts, and the Super League was dealt two kings, and two kings come, fall on the flop. And yet there's one two there, and they're like, all right, I got a pair of twos. Maybe I can get a pair of threes on the turn. And But they're bluffing. They're bluffing the whole time. And it fin- they finally realize when it's time to show your cards that I have just gotten smoked and that the Super League is going to – like there's nothing I can do to stop them. And, and now UEFA, because their lack of preparation and their lack of planning and their lack of adjusting and listening to the clubs that make them the money are now out there crying about their place in life. And, and now someone just took my money and I'm mad about it, but I refuse to make changes or listen to the clubs that made my – it's like listening to your best employees. When your best employee in a business come to you and they say something, you keep turning your deaf ear to them. They're going to go start the same business that they're doing for you. They're going to start it for themselves, and they're going to end up having a more successful business than you. Totally hear you, and, and you're right in that analogy. There's no doubt. I totally agree with that. I think the difficulty for UEFA, and, and again, yeah, I think UEFA is as corrupt as FIFA and, and all, all these others. For sure. But the thing that's, I think, hard for for UEFA is they're representing all of Europe, right? They're not, they, I, I don't think UEFA should change the rules so that England gets six spots every year in the Champions League. I don't think that they should make it so that Bulgaria and Poland and Hungary and you know Switzerland and all these smaller countries that get one club in guaranteed every year. I don't think they should change the rules so that doesn't happen, so that England can get six and and you know Italy can get four and you know and, and you know that that's not the case. And I I don't want to make this political, but I think that you cannot you know when the Super League is making it about the pandemic, I don't think that you can ignore the fact that we're coming off a year where you know all of the news says the rich only got richer in the last year during this pandemic, and the poor only got poor. The, the, the income gap, the disparity widened significantly in the past year. And now here we have a tangible scene where the, the rich of soccer are saying, we're not making the money we're used to making. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to pick up our ball, and we're going to go play on our own field. That's literally what they're saying. Well, they're, they're saying that I think that this, is, this has been three years in the making, and then this just jump-started it. I, if that's I hear that that's true. Uh, yeah, I, there's I hear, no way that I'll, there's... I'll, I'll give you that. I think though, when you cite the pandemic, you you open yourself up to that to that criticism. I think I think that's a bad move citing it. Well, sure. it happened tonight. Understood by Perez, and I, and I think that's sometimes Here's... smart people make bad moves. I think that's a bad move. I, I, well, I after tonight, I question if he's smart. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right, so I we we've dealt in this for a long time. Here's what here's what I know. All right, so there there are probably generally speaking, very general. This is a very general uh, generalization here of our listenership. But I think there's probably two different types of listeners. There are those who have a little bit more of the understanding of the history of of English football, European football. By the way, I don't want anyone to compare this to when the Champions League was first formed or when the Premier League was first formed. That's not what this is. Those competitions. Maybe they're structured in a way where it's skewed towards better countries. You know, better countries get more slots into the Champions League and so on. But the key difference here that I think people need to remember is that nothing about the Premier League or about the Champions League has necessarily said, 
we get to stay in the competition no matter what. We don't have to qualify. That has never been the case with the Premier League. You still have to stay in the Premier League every season. Yeah, it so happens that the Big Six don't have an issue with that. But they still have to stay in the Premier League. They have to qualify to do that. They have to be able to qualify for the Champions League. That's the big issue here with the Super League is that you don't have to qualify for the Super League. The Premier League table is going to be a disaster if this goes into effect. You know, one, you know, the, the big six, air quotes, they can be wherever they want in the table. They're also going to be in the Super League next year. Who cares? And then whatever that means for the Champions League, you're looking at a mess of a table. Not that that's the significant thing here, but what a mess of a table. It might actually it might, might spark a little more interest than some of the other For a clubs. competition no one's going to care about anymore, Dave. You, you keep forgetting this. No one's watching the champ. Okay, listen to this. The Premier League is playing matches on Monday and Friday more than ever, right? Yes. Champions League is Tuesday, Wednesday. Europa yeah. League is Thursday. Yeah. So if you're adding a midweek, and they said this in the definition, a midweek competition, yes. Super League, what is that going to they're, try they're to going, take they're over? They're going up against the Champions League. Who's, what are you going to watch then? Champions League. You are not going to watch the Champions League. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait. I'm sorry. You're going to watch the Super no, no, League. No, I answered that I'm watching Super League. Yes, you're watching the Super League, partly because your Arsenal's in it, and then for other people it's going to be because I can't wait to watch are. Arsenal lose every single Super League match. I mean, I, that is going to be so exciting. Yeah. Scott, a thought crossed my mind. Brian, I wish you'd stop being quiet, but, but Scott, a thought crossed my mind a second ago. I wonder, because this will take – the, the top four nostalgia off a little bit, even though some of the other clubs it will add to that. But I wonder if this won't increase domestic cups importance to some of these teams. The, like, I, and I'm just speaking premierly. Maybe. Like in other words, like in, in times before where you're looking to buy, win a trophy. But I, I mean, you're, the Super League clubs are still playing in those competitions. They're still going to sure, win them for sure. But Arsenal's not going to go into Super League thinking I can win the Super League this year. Okay. Now, maybe some But they years, also don't have to worry about winning anything to qualify for the Super but what, League. But you still want to win trophies. Players want to win some form of trophy, period. And you got four chances. If you're a top, if you're one of the top clubs or you're playing European football, you have four chances every year. I don't know. I, there's two, th- two things I keep going back to. Number one, Leeds-Liverpool just happened today. All right? It was 1-1. Devastating draw for, for Liverpool's chances to get into fourth Liverpool place. Liverpool's lucky to win that. Well, to draw that. For, well, yeah, you're right. We're lucky to draw that. Fair enough. Uh, it was a devastating loss of two points for Liverpool. Now, that's devastating towards getting into fourth place. But you know what? In a few years, this match, it completely wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. unnecessary to watch. Leeds is buried in 10th. Liverpool is fighting for fourth. I hate but that you're right about this point. That's one of the only points I, I, I hate that you're right about. Finish the, the point. So I came to the Premier League 14 now, almost 15 years ago. And immediately fell in love with the fact that there was a league that existed that fulfilled all of the ideals for sports leagues that don't exist anywhere in American sports. In the last 15 years, we've only gone all in on the idea of a playoff to finish our seasons. We have a regular season and a playoff. In the last 15 years, golf has added a playoff. NASCAR has added a playoff. College football has added a playoff. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, it's destroyed the regular seasons of all three sports. It's only made more games matter less because the games that actually matter, that actually determine a champion, are the playoff games. And if less games matter towards getting into the playoffs, then there's less games I have to watch. The Premier League, I realized, was the, was the first league where it, I could watch it for nine months. Every game mattered because all of it counted towards where your team finished up at the end of the season. And I realized, okay, so you have first place in the fight for, for winning the trophy, the winning the league. 
then relegation was amazing to me that you could actually fall out of the league. Like, imagine that. The Cleveland Browns would be what's below the XFL. That's where the Browns would have been three years ago, right? But we don't have that. But in in Premier League, you do. So now you've got this fascinating, sometimes hard to watch, but still equally fascinating competition to stay out of the bottom three. And then you had the framework of UEFA, the Champions League and the Europa League, and the spots to qualify for those competitions, the importance of those for financial reasons for your club. I don't have to know how the money works. I just have to know that the club cares about it because it gives them the high-profile matches and it gives them the ability to sign better players, which, of course, is going to help my club in the league as well the following year. And that makes spots two through seven six technically, but also maybe seven, matter more. Correct. And now all of a sudden, I'm going into game week 38, and I might have a situation where, sure, maybe the title's locked up already, but I'm still going to have four out of ten really watchable matches on the last day of the season. Whereas in American sports leagues, if your team qualifies and has already qualified for the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. I know that we try to make seeding matter. We talk about home field advantage sometimes. That doesn't really matter. You just got to get into the tournament. You get into the tournament, you have a chance, right? But the Premier League didn't have that. And that purity, that ideal, for me, I am anti-playoff. I made a a deal with myself a long time ago that I wasn't going to waste my time on sporting events that don't, quote, matter, end quote. Regular season games that aren't really that important towards a playoff don't matter. I don't waste my time on it. Even my own team. I'm a Minnesota fan of whatever sports league you want to give me. I don't watch even Minnesota games if they don't matter because it's a waste of my time. My life is literally passing me by in those moments, and I never feel good about watching a regular season game of whether it's Sunday night football, the NBA on ABC, the NHL on NBC. I never feel good about watching a game that just in the end doesn't matter. And I'm afraid that when you give this Super League a chance in real life, it's going to create that everywhere in world football to the extent that I just can't support it. I understand. Look, these two, me and that guy, have, yeah. have been talking for a long time. What, what's your opinion? I stand with James Miller. I don't, I don't like it, and I, I hope like it, it doesn't happen. That's James Milner today. I typically in life I agree with James Milner about most things, and if I disagreed with him and he was standing next to me, I, he would I would look at him and he'd change my mind. <laughs> there's no one that's roughly, I respect that guy so much. There's no professional athlete that's roughly my age that I want to be friends with more. Oh, I respect him so much. Yeah, the, I I was interested to see. I mean, I'm curious to see what players speak up against it, and so far the people that have that I've seen are like. Mesut Ozil, Ander Herrera, but James Milner was the first one today where he's in one of those clubs. He's actively participating on a team that's in it. You know, Jurgen Klopp saying, like, we didn't know anything about it. Arteta saying, we, Arteta didn't, we, said, didn't, yeah. we didn't know anything about it. We had no say in this. This is not us. Well, yeah, and Klopp was very clear to say, hey, like, because fans are protesting. They're taking so, banners down. He's yeah. saying, don't, don't take this away from your joy of the players and what you give the players in terms of support. Yeah. So I, I just wanted this too, though, Scott, that point that you just made seems to, for me, the only point that's, that's enough for me to be like, well, maybe I am against it. 
I mean, look, I'm pro capitalism, and if if I know UEFA is corrupt, and if these teams want to go into it and say, hey, we like to control the money that we make instead of you controlling the money that we make, like I, I'm okay with that. But your point of it it takes away the the uh, importance of making the top four when you do have a top six club team uh, league, you know, and and look, it's been a top seven or eight because. You know, look at Arsenal. They're in ninth, maybe hoping for seventh. You know, but then they have a chance against Fulham. And by the way, I predicted that score. If you, I went, I went back and listened. Oh, good. To the 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 Fulham Arsenal match. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I gave three scores. And granted, if anyone's listened to anything that I've said ever this year about Fulham, it's it's zero zero one one or one zero. Like that's Fulham games right now. So, anyways, I I I guess I I don't know. There's a part of me that I'm okay with it because sometimes change sucks, and anytime big change happens like this in sports leagues, usually most people are against it. Um, Scott, I can't argue your point, but I think I would err on the side of, on some level, like it sucks at the moment, but maybe there's an angle coming up that we're not seeing, and that it changes it, and that it's going to end up being okay. If they can get rid of the all-time qualifying twelve clubs thing and find a way to integrate this better into the current paradigm of promotion relegation, even in the European competition sense of the of the terminology, I'd be much more for it. I think it'd be kind of cool if you, um, for those not in the top league, if you win Champions League, you get a berth in the Super League next year. <laughs> well, yeah. I Make mean, it gonna... Super League, Champions League, Europa League as tiers one, two, and three. I mean, I don't. I don't know how else you would make it. Well, anyway, so, but uh, but I, I feel like it. I yeah. feel like that's the worst part. One of, of my it. last. It does points. seem like it's like crushing the competitive spirit of qualifying. And so yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I just, I mean, I feel like that's been the biggest thing, and that's I, that's about my. I agree with opinion. that. One thing I do want to say is, the the big clubs have been asking the UEFA to make changes to the pay scheme, and you know what they did, Scott? They made they, it worse. They made it worse. I know, I know. By adding more clubs, but, uh, and it's almost like spot. they're it's almost like they're pissing in their face. But they're trying they're trying to include every country, and I give them full credit for that. They're trying, and, and I think there's no solution that includes those lesser countries. There just isn't. Is that better? I don't know. I mean, on some level, you know, there's an ideal here as one of the 99% personally. Like, I don't make enough money to be in the 1%. Full disclosure, sure. I'm not the 1%. <laughs> right, all right, right, sure. And as part of that, like, there's a part of me that in an ideal world, I would love it if the 1% just learned how to share a little bit better. I mean, that that sounds like, I, like sure, I'm, I'm proud to be an American and, and to live in a capitalist, you know, somewhat cap, mixed capitalist uh, <laughs> economic system. It's changing um, seemingly daily. But here's the thing. Like, I think there'd be less of a problem if the 1% learned how to share a little bit better. And right now the 1% is taking a step in the opposite direction. They're, they're Again, they're literally picking up their ball filled with their money, and they're going to find their own field to play on. I'm not happy about that. Fair enough, but – the. I, I'm with you. There's a part of me that is like, I built this company and brand. Why can't I do with my money how I choose? But I guarantee you, Florentino Perez, when he got done with his press conference, he enjoyed the finest bottle of white wine. Guaranteed. But there's nothing and wrong you know with what? that. Because there's he got, absolutely nothing because wrong with that. Because he worked in life to get to that spot. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. It was, there's probably given a lot of that too. Okay, fine. He knew the right person at the right moment, met the right person at the right party to get to that point. Okay, you see Here's my, my point. Yeah, but my yeah. point too is, of course, I, I like to enjoy a great bottle of white wine. But my point is. I would choose red. 
It's just. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I prefer red. I, I, I don't know why I said white. For some reason, Perez seemed like a white. Sure, he does guy. seem like a white wine guy. Yeah. Sure. I don't even remember my actual point anymore. I just, I just wish that. <laughs> I just wish that they that you know be okay with this. You know what? This is also a very narrow view of the current fi- economic structure of football. Like we talked about this on Slack. Leeds United twenty years ago, you'd have put them in the Super League. And look where look what's happened over to them over the last twenty years. That's fair. And currently they're not being included. But you know what? They're fighting their way back. They deserve every right, potentially next year, to qualify for something like a Champions League that currently exists right now. You know what I mean? For sure. You know, Aston Villa years ago was great. Nottingham Forest used to be great. I was gonna say Nottingham Forest won the top Premier or won the Champions League, what was then the Champions League, yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, exactly. This is a very short sighted view. You're, you said they signed 23-year contracts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot going to change over 23 years in world football. I don't know how, how you come up with that number. I don't know. By the way. But I, get, I, you know, I think that you shoot this— shoot for the stars. It, it's, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, 21, 22. Eh, All right. <laughs> if, is anyone still listening to this episode? Probably no. not. All Maybe. Right. I don't know. No, honestly, I think a lot of people have had questions. I, I think that was interesting. Let's talk Premier League. All right, let's talk about Spurs because they've had two of the most injuring, interesting pieces of FPL news. I kind of combined interesting and injury in there because I'm looking at Harry Kane right now. Wow. Harry Kane has the worst kind of injury at the moment for what is left in the season. Especially when there's no need to make, make top four anymore for them and, <laughs> and the Euros around the corner. Uh, it's true. Harry, uh, two to three weeks, I think, is what you said, Dave, is, is, is the diagnosis for Kane being out. There's six game weeks left in the season. What do we do with Harry Kane? He might get, well, Gre- he might get Grealish, Brian. But then they, yeah, they show Brian, him. He the folks, folks, sharing, folks sharing the, the short video clip of him walking out of the facility to the bus or whatever, and he was walking not in a boot with no crutches, seemed to be walking fine. So I... I don't know. I mean, my that, you're right. It is the worst kind of injury because it's a non-injury injury injury. <laughs> and I I think sure. those are the kinds of injuries that you really are not sure about. Do you sell Harry Kane? If there's, only if there's clarity. I don't know how you can. I, I, I don't know how you get rid of him until there is, like, until there is somebody that you trust who says, yeah, it's going to be weeks. I, and at that at this point, that's not even being. If said. Ben Dinnery doesn't say it, I'm not listening. I think it's interesting that on the top five list of players transferred out so far, Kane's nowhere on it. It's actually his teammate's son continuing to be transferred out. Uh, so that says something that people are doing what you're saying. They're waiting for clarity on this decision. I just wonder, you know, number one, Dave, to your to your point, Euros are around the corner, but Harry Kane also likes to win himself a Golden Boot. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Also, for me, I own Harry Kane. Number one, there's no death yellow triangle next to his name. There's nothing. Okay, so there's that. Yeah. Not that that's the end all, but then there's also for me, I've had Harry Harris Kane for a long time. So I have my current value that I have in him is eleven point four. If I were to sell him and then try to buy him back in two weeks, it's going to be eleven point eight. His current value is eleven point eight. So. I'm literally like four tenths is that's a decent amount. I'm gonna hold on to him, especially if I have other players that I might need to move out. 
looking at you, Christensen, with the injury, Nat Phillips and Rafinha and Lacazette. What the hell? <laughs> it was a week from hell for me. That's a lot. Holy. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. Jeez. Well, not only that, but we'll get to Manchester United. Bruno owners might be looking at Mason Greenwood longingly right now, too. For sure. If, if, if Brian. I know. He got that one right. You. Do you own Mason Greenwood? No. I do now. <laughs> but did you get his he's been on, He's been in your article for like three weeks. It's too late. That's the thing. F me. Right. That's the point. You can say it all you want. I mean, the right time to buy him was for me was, was, yes, was the first time where I said, hey, this is looking really promising. Scott, you knocked because I want that... to call you on a little bit. And granted, I, I understand it because at that point, Mason Greenwood hadn't done anything. Yeah. I don't know how how in the hell Brian's starting to – like, he did that with another player too, uh, Kai Havertz. Yeah. Kai Havertz and, Bri- and Mason Greenwood, Brian has nailed in the article. Yeah, there's a difference and, between those guys though. And he predicted... owned Havertz. He backed himself up with Kai yeah. Havertz' ownership. Well, not with this week I was already trying to minimize, and so I had already taken a, I had already taken a minus four, and then I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it again after that. And I, because I had bought, I brought in Lingard, uh, which was also Fine. way too late, but but I did it. Sure. Uh, you, and then you would have I had, regretted it if you didn't do it I after had, he got another goal. Right. I had already – and I had brought in somebody else or some some other move that I had made. But uh, but I um, I bought Ricardo Pereira. I kept – I was like, you know what? I am going to back myself on Ricardo Pereira. That was one of the other guys. And I, kept, and I kept looking at it and I was like, you know what? I don't know how confident I am about Rafinha. And I was like, I, had them, I have way more than enough money. I was like, Rafinha to Greenwood. That's an easy move. And I was like, I don't need to take any more negatives. And this would have been the time. Uh, Absolutely would have been yeah, the Yeah, 15 the minus time. 4 is still a great return. And now it's too late because Mason Greenwood is, what, one or two on the list of transfers in right now. He's either first Four. or second most – one of the top transfers in, uh, understandably, for the for the upcoming game. Interesting so. top five of transfers in right now as we're recording. Ian Acho, yeah, Lingard. Totally makes sense. Jesse Lingard, Mo Salah, Mason Greenwood, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm-hmm. All of those make sense to me. Uh, what about Rashford? Rashford's Nothing? The, Rashford's the same. It's the same as all the other times. If if you want the differential of Marcus Rashford, then yes, absolutely. Greenwood 7-0. His ownership Rashford. is still only at a 2, uh, 2.8%. So, All right. Well, since we've transferred, so not United, everyone's going to Greenwood. It's right. not too late. No, a lot Those of you have, listening, but a lot of people have Bruno. So, do you want both? Why not? Or would you? Would, you have Salah you, and Jota. Would you keep Bruno right now? Bruno hasn't done anything since game week twenty-seven. I'm keeping Bruno. You know, if Bruno doesn't, the second I sell Bruno, I haven't had Bruno for a long time, and it's made me nervous. Did you see the goal where since I, since, Bruno since I decoyed so that he, Greenwood could score? I mean, Bruno. If he just goes ahead and takes it, Bruno's he actually, a captain type of a player. I know, right? like, like, and that's can, exact... can, can Bruno please get bonus points for the decoy? He made that goal happen for Look, Greenwood. For those of you doubting Greenwood, he came in. Uh, he didn't even start the Tottenham game, and he played for 18 minutes. Still scored 11 points with a goal and an assist. Okay, we talked about so, that last week. Uh, look, six, eleven, fifteen. Mason Greenwood, hottest thing going at the moment. And Brian, you said that, that he did this last year. Right, yep. end of the season. I didn't even change. I didn't even time. change the. I technically didn't change the opening line of FPL America, the article, the segment about Mason Greenwood. Kept this it week. the same, same as yeah, because I because I said it th- those weeks ago of it's Mason Greenwood season. 
So, or it's Mason Sorry. Greenwood time. Jeez. Kids, I think, is the way Kids. I addressed all of y'all. Rashford's um, at a 7-5. Greenwood's at a 7-0. Or Rashford's at a 9-5. Greenwood's at a 7-0. Greenwood probably the better round this late in the season. Right, Brian? Would you agree? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I've been... I've been cheering for Marcus Rashford the way everybody else has all season. It's just he and he'll get his. That's why I've said this the the numbers have been good for Rashford and he's been producing something. Like it, he he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been he hasn't been lighting it up at all. It's just that for whatever reason Greenwood's really hit hit his stride. Is it right too here. late to go to Greenwood? If I go to Greenwood, if I That's go Virginia out, Greenwood in, is it too late for that? I haven't made my transfer this week. I am one tenth short. That's too bad. Uh, that's why I'm saying, I, to oh, me, that is brutal. I, it, I just feel like these are the kinds of things like you either pay attention to the stats or you don't. And when and when you have the kind of the writing is showing up on the wall for the first time, the question is like, how quickly do you jump on that? Well, that was the point. A few like f- several weeks ago was that Greenwood's his underlying numbers were looking great. He was he was out shooting. Almost every other midfielder, he had taken more. It was more attempts in the box than any other midfielder over, you know, over the course of a few weeks. Like that's like, I mean, that's a huge stat for somebody that last season was so good when he, like, you know, was was uh, way overperforming his his any expected stat. So last season, at the end of the season, he was way, way, way over, you know, what what any normal player was doing, but. But he was really good, and so now he's he's doing that again. You know, he's one of the. It's probably not going to last, but he's one of the you know most prolific shooters so far in the game week. You know, one of the few play, players to hit five shots in the in a match that they you know that they played in. So, you know, what he's do? been doing this. So this is like the fifth straight week of Mason Greenwood being the most prolific shooter in the midfield. You know what I could do? And I, I, I'm I might do it right now live. Is is if I got rid of Christensen, who's got a triangle as well, mm-hmm. and Rafinha's got a triangle, I could I could go from Sufal, who's got assists in the last three weeks. Last three weeks, Sufal has gotten an assist in each week. Yeah, and and so he's got four 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 last three weeks with no clean sheets, and they're they're coming up on a better part of their schedule. They got Chelsea this week, but then the last like three or four matches are really nice for West Ham. Um, I could go Sufal and Greenwood in, Rafinha and Christensen out. That's a, even with a negative four. That's a massive upgrade for my team. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I don't know that I'd do that on the pod. I'm not gonna. Chelsea I'm not gonna hit save tomorrow as we're sitting here. I'm not gonna hit save. I mean, there's still a lot of matches left in game week. I'm not gonna hit save. To make but I'm early, thinking about early it. moves. Anyways, all right. So that's United. Let's go back to let's go back to Harry Kane. And discuss Harry Kane. I put on social media. I like how we went that way. Wow, that's crazy. It's all good. It's all Sorry. good. Hey guys, this is why I'm here. All right, I steer the ship. What the heck? I let I, get... I let you guide us. You know, Harris Kane. I'm I'm keeping toward the wrong son, constellation every once in a while. Son, but I, I never would have bought. Bring it back, son. I never would have bought all you sun buyers. All right, so Harry Kane. Uh, I put on social media because Harry Kane got hurt on Friday. The first match on Saturday was. One that might end up... And this is a Spurs double week. It is, but we'll see. This is a captain, triple captain, Harry Kane. We'll see if it's a double week for Harry Kane. It looks like no. I I doubt it will be. It looks like no. Uh, But on Saturday, the the matches started, there's only two, with West Ham, Newcastle and West Ham. I think that match might end up in top ten matches of the season for the Premier League. 
What a great match. Newcastle gets the win. I put on social media after that match that maybe, maybe Callum Wilson is a short-term own here for the stretch run of the season. You've got Newcastle mojo, Dave. You love the mojo. Callum Wilson's back. He's healthy. Well, the Newcastle player that is tweaking my eyebrow, Scott, it's, making it's me raise it. ASM. Is my my former gunner, Joe Willock. Um, well, my current gunner on loan. midfielder. Is it, though? Have you, have you seen recently the scores from Mr. Joe Willock over the past few weeks? I would argue in the last month, he is probably their MVP of the last month. I'm just throwing this out there. You probably haven't noticed because no one else would notice except for me because I'm the, the moron. But look, he didn't play against Burnley, but Tottenham and West Ham, he had a goal in each of those games. Granted, it's, it's not a huge haul. It's six each. But they were important goals. In, in a combined in 21 minutes. 21 yeah, minutes. that's what would make me the ASM nervousest. The guy. Yeah, ASM's the guy. <laughs> well, and did uh, he, yeah, he, I was going to say, uh, St. Maximin limped, kind of limped off, I know, and that was, that's the issue with him, is that that's, that's, uh, he, they have to manage him more closely than Wolves manage Adama Traore. Yeah, because he because this is like it's just a fragility season for Alan Saint Maximin, and it, yep. like you said, and you Callum mean, Wilson for sure. Callum Wilson uh, a little more durable over the course of the season, but now like if he's coming back, yeah, I can understand where you might take you might take a a punt. Newcastle goes to Liverpool for game week thirty three, bringing it back to Spurs once again. So I think we're all keeping Harry Kane, but there's a suggestion there. If, Maybe it, it could work out. Anyone you go to, you're going to be freeing up a lot of money in all likelihood. And anyone else on Spurs? Well, let's move on. Let's move to Everton. No, just the, that's the same question. Do you do you keep Son and Kane? It's just there. It's the same thing as last week. Their ownership is so high. So co- collectively, their ownership is so ridiculous that m- most people have both of them. I would well, I, I would just think that it's close to fifty percent between for for each of them. Suns had one game since match week 23 where he scored – he had 11. Right, and everybody went back to him. I brought him back in this week. That he, was my other move. I couldn't remember what United. I did. I brought him back in, but it was it was like, you know, it's the same thing. Like playing against Everton, you, you hope. You hope you get something from them. And then the tasty matchup is the one on Wednesday. So that's the question is whether or not Kane is fit by Wednesday and that Sun, you know, just remembering that Sun scored – yeah, what does Son do against Saints? Son scored a quarter pounder again. Wasn't it five? Didn't he get five against them? I don't or remember. Four, it was four or five that he got against them earlier. In I the just season. know that this dynamic could very quickly change after that Saints. Scott, match. you know who qualifies currently right now as the table the, sits for Champions League? West yes. Ham, Leicester, Everton, Leeds. Those four would qualify if if you took out the big six. Correct. Yeah, uh, Sun scored four goals against it, so it was a uh, it was the quarter pounder against uh, so Villa and Wolves would be the Europa. You're assuming teams. that England keeps as many spots as they have currently. Well, what else are they going to do with them? <laughs> um, the issue, the reason why everyone's selling them too, is because they have a blank week uh, upcoming. So okay. game week yeah. thirty three is a, no right. Spurs is a, is a no, no Spurs. Spurs week, and so do you know who else won't be in game week thirty three? Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho sacked by Tottenham Hotspur. Can't believe it took that long to mention him. This morning, as we're sitting here. He sacked, Brian. How do you feel about your favorite Spurs? Mention his sacking. We have mentioned him. 
already. We uh, have mentioned. I don't care. I genuinely do not care. Ryan Mason, caretaker manager, interim manager. He played for them like two years ago. This is a quick thing. I'm not knocking it. If you have it, you have it. Scott Parker played for Fulham. Understood. Like. Arteta played for Arsenal like three years ago. <laughs> Frank Lampard like. for Chelsea. I know. Let's keep the uh, list going. Right, right. You're sounding like an old man. You've been watching the Premier League too I, long. Obviously. Yeah. I, I just. It's too little too late. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, and it was, it was so dumb. It has gotten progressively dumber. You know, John Oliver said it on Men in Blazers this past week. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You know, he, yeah, yeah he's no, the, I'll like, tell you it, what they it, it just, it, it eventually, eventually, that, like, he, you know, he just said, eventually the, the check lands on the table. And you, mm. you know what you're getting here. They were um, hoping for a short term. Hall of Trophies. That's what they were hoping for. A, a quick couple of cups. That's what they were hoping for. And it didn't happen. And he didn't even make it to the dreaded third year. Yeah. It's it's just, it's such a, it feels so pointless. It wasn't that exciting at the, you know, it was kind of a, seemed like what was going to happen whenever it first happened. And then I think it was uh, uh, building optimism. Uh, also, somebody I saw pointed out too. I think that was also via Ben Dinnery at some point uh, earlier today. They needed it was a it was a good splash for TV to have mm. Mourinho come in. Made for good. Made for a good Amazon Prime series. Sure. To have him there, so maybe you got, actually you, like him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you got you you know, you got a couple uh, you got a couple of little boosts from him, but he fooled you. It seemed like an unserious uh, manager move. So. Hopefully they find somebody who's who's better for the players they've got. All right. We also need to say goodbye to Sheffield United. I know this will make Brian a little bit sad. No, now I gotta change my favorite team. My, my, <laughs> no, you don't. My... No, you don't. This yeah, is this is true. the beauty of, of English football, Brian. I guess I can, At least can... for two more months Just that you drift get back to... to the hammers or spurs. First you... I first I lose Yeah, you are such an American with the way you follow. First I lose Chris Wilder and now I lose the whole <sighs> club. What am I going to do? Listen, Chris Wilder is to blame here, if you ask me, but we don't need to rehash the old uh, content. The reality is, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, on the week we lose Sheffield, we say hello again to Norwich City. Norwich that is secured promotion. Todd Cantwell dances will be back, son. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that's, I'm, that is something we can all look forward to. Yes, sure. no doubt. What's the What are the chances that Todd Cantwell is in Dave's uh, preseason, real, FBL real good lineup. chance, real good chance. He'll probably be around a six five. I think depending on how cheap he is, yeah, yeah, he'll probably, probably be around a six five. Todd Cantwell in my team, book it. All right. Well, hey. thankfully, I can't own John Lundstrom. That story is officially put to bed. Lord Lundstrom, Lord Lord Lundstrom, <laughs> Lord Lundstrom, Aaron Cresswell. Guess well. Hey, was, you know, you know who might run. You know who might finally. Run. You know who might finally get a chance to actually play and could actually do something here at the end of the season. Uh, Rian no. Brewster. Oh well. It could finally be his time. Sheffield has literally nothing to play for. Uh, only the players uh, and whatever level of care they bring to the pitch each week and. Ollie McBurney and Billy Sharp are both done for the rest of the season. So, so it's David McGoldrick, Brewster, and Lise Mousset. I, those, I are wanna, your, those are your striker options for, for Sheffield. I want to be on record to say that Rian Brewster was the most overhyped youngster I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. That guy couldn't find the pitch. And I contributed pitch. to it. I that, agree. He couldn't find the pitch. The Liverpool people gushed over this, were mad that they loaned him 
And you know what? Liverpool people in in the home office tend to make good decisions, uh, as much as it pains me to say it. And letting Rian Brewster go, who was a locker room issue and a head case, hmm. See how see how good you did at Sheffield, Rian. You just got what the relegated. What locker room issue? Huh? What locker room? He, issue? he was a, he was obvious. He's a locker room issue. Got sources <laughs> on that. Just trust me. All right. All I right. like that. All trust right. me. Well, let's look ahead to game week 33. Uh, Dave, your Gunners kick it off hosting Everton. Uh, it's going to be a traditional-looking game week uh, finishing up on Monday, except for the fact that there's only eight matches thanks to the League Cup final. So no Spurs and no City, and also their opponents will be missing. Which I tell you, Scott, the one thing that I don't like what Super League has done and and I don't know if they had to release it because like it was gonna get out. No, but, they released it because Champions League vote uh, UEFA voted on their Champions League proposal literally today. They preempted the vote on UEFA Champions League expansion. Okay, so what bothers me is like number one, I don't even know if your Arsenal's gonna have a chance to win Europa League. And at this point, I don't even know if it matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Which I don't like that. <laughs> right. Like I wanted right. The, the, the there's a part players- of me. There's a part of me that wanted the stress. Of like worrying yeah. if my team was going to yeah, win Europa. Yeah, you want it to mean something, right? And especially because they're floundering in ninth. They just drew Fulham last week. Is it possible they could win out the rest of the regular season? It's possible because the teams in front of them, everyone drew this you week. You called Chelsea. it regular season. It's just the season. Whatever, fine. The season, regular season. That's the American in me. I yeah. can't like you can take the American out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the American. That's not. Yeah, right. that's exactly how it goes. So, but, uh, look, I'm American. I'm gonna. You know, make stupid. I'm gonna say stupid things, uh, but <laughs> you're right. We're the way. problem. We literally, literally, we're the problem. We, we buy owners. up. We buy up half the Premier League top clubs, and then we, and and then we and want to turn take things them into out. the NFL. Which, by the way, the NFL is not the ideal here, people. Anyway, Dave, go ahead, make your point. Uh, I'm not sure what my point was. Where, where we wanted the Arsenal matches to matter. And I they just don't. want the matches to matter. I, I want the matches to matter. And, and at this point, after the last 24 hours, I'm now questioning, does their league matches matter? Do, does their, uh, their, their Europa League matches don't matter? Like, they've been really grinding and fighting for this. I think a lot of players are going to be struggling to figure out what truly it does mean for them. I mean, think about this. We just found out about it. The players and managers just found out about it, too. They, everyone yeah. kept things close to their chest. So do they feel betrayed by the club? Do they feel like, okay. Everyone's trying to f- figure yeah. out how they feel yeah. about this. If you're under contract for more than two years, like, is there going to be a way for you to get out of that contract if you don't want to be this ostracized? Gonna, these players are worrying right now tonight. Is this going to affect my World Cup status? Right. Is this going to affect my Euro status? Right. There's some weird crap going on. And honestly, the right thing to do here, and, and I know uh, we're not supposed to talk about the Super League again here, but like the right thing to do would be to – allow this year's competition to end the way it started, right? Like don't cancel the semifinals. I agree. Don't and don't punish the players who are who are assigned to these clubs who are going to end up by signing contracts prior to all of this happening to their knowledge. You know, don't punish them, you know, but if you have to grandfather in future signings as of a certain date, by all means do it. There's rumors of of Champions League kicking out City, Madrid, yeah. And Chelsea. Yeah. And by proxy, just handing PSG the trophy. Right. In in Europa League, 
Arsenal will be out of the semis. And so is Manchester United. United. Yeah. So then it's Villarreal and Granada. It's not Granada. Sparta. Roma. Sparta it's Villarreal Prague. and Roma will be playing for the Europa title. Young I, boys. I just might as well be. I just feel like like let's play it out. Let's just play. I think they have. I think they should. Don't don't be the the pouty guy over on the couch because some dude just took your girl because you weren't. Next year's competition, though. (laughs) But next year's competition that hasn't started yet. If you want to take action, then by all means, take the action you take. I agree with you. Fully, fully agree. Which is why when Arlo White at the start of the match today, Arlo White was the play-by-play announcer here in the states. He says, a win today puts Liverpool into the top four as they strive to qualify for a tournament they may never play in again. I loved that line. So good. But also, it made me sit there and say, wait, what do I do with this? Like, what, what do I do with this information? I don't know. It's, it's a massive paradigm shift. All right, so there are eight eight matches. Gentlemen, do you have any idea what you're doing with your Game Week 33 lineup? What about Danny here? Ceballos, Dave? Uh, I feel like I've seen this movie. I don't think you have because he had back-to-back good games. And so this is the first time <laughs> in his Premier League career that he has done that. You, you want to hear something else? He had an assist. He scored in that Fulham match, and they called they it off it, yeah, VAR on the got shakiest. It. And I know we've had offside shakies, but but offside Sokka's, shakies. Pod name. Sokka's toe was he was literally leaning back. His whole body was back, not going towards the goal. The tip of his toe was on the other side, I think, of the dreaded blue line, and made it red. But Sabio scored on that buildup. He got on pixeled. Yeah. So. This, this is interesting, yeah. Brian. Look, it's against Fulham and Sheffield. I, I just he has been getting minutes. Dave. If, if you look at this, I am not going there. Rob Holding. I am not going. Two words, Rob Holding. I'm not going to Sabios. But Brian, it, you pose an interesting an interesting point. It, it's, it's just it's it's he has two good matches now, gets bonus points in both, gets assists in both. And and if he's doing it's what it's what every it's what every good midfielder does by getting bonus points. You're the creative force, and you're doing everything else, so you rack up the bonus point system points that gets you. Like, Ceballos is not a goal scorer here and finishes with all three bonus points. Your goal scorers, you know, are still get the bonus, but I'm just curious if, you, if this is something you believe in. The other one that everyone's screaming about now is Gabriel Martinelli, who is you know one of the few guys he got to four shots in the match? That's another guy that you know we we talked about last I week. I said this didn't two weeks get ago. didn't get a return here, but like Enkedia gets a return, like you know, and Lacazette is now injured in a way that seems like it could be extensive. And and Aubameyang still coming off malaria, malaria, right? So for sure, like I I have I have massive lineup issues this week. This yeah. is insane. I'll jump in here. I do too. I'm actually sitting here looking at Game Week 32. <laughs> so I listened to uh, Brian on one of his worst calls of the season, which was I got Craig Dawson at the absolute worst time. Uh, <laughs> no, Two out of three matches no, now with Craig, negative points. Craig Dawson no, at the time. Craig Dawson was outstanding when we you were didn't talking listen about to him. him. Now he should have. Now he keeps. They keep sucking. Well. I was definitely right then. You were wrong (laughs) at the worst possible time. Unfortunately, Scotty's right. Here's the thing. I never never bought him. (laughs) (laughs) Rafinha doesn't play. Uh, And he's in the first spot on my bench. Mm -hmm. As of right now, I've got Christensen in my lineup. 
it's unclear if he's going to play. Right. If he doesn't, Craig Dawson's negative three comes in from the second spot on my bench. He's got negative three. Yeah, because yep. he got a red card. Holy. All right, so, Scott, I'm in the similar situation. My bench consists of Nat Phillips, Rafinha, then Christensen. And I'm like, uh, oh, boy. Okay, is everyone going to play? There's nothing there. And yeah. next week, so looking at game week 33, I've got Dawson who's guaranteed not to play. And I've got Aina, who's not going to play, and Kane, who's not going to play. And so if Rafini and Christensen are still going to be hurt, I might have to do one of those negative fours just, just to overcome the potential for a guaranteed zero, right? Now, if I'm going to take a negative four against a guaranteed zero, that's the time to do it, Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, so I'm going to be less uh, harmed by that. But, you know, my stretch runs not been good. I've had green uh, red arrows every week. I'm looking at green arrows right now for the first time here in the midst of game week. 32, but I've only got a few more players left to play. It's not looking great either way. For game week 33, it's going to be tough to put a full squad together at this point. I'm, so, I'm, I'm definitely going to take a negative four this Yeah, week. I'm definitely looking at the same thing, which I hate. It just makes me feel like I'm I'm, I'm grasping at straws in, here as we Unless go I out. do something crazy and like free hit. Well, which I don't I, have that which, luxury. Which I still have. And yeah, I haven't I really have thought luxury. of that. I haven't really it's, – it's tough to kind of plan out the rest of the season, but – if that was able to keep me from taking a negative eight or four or eight, maybe it's worth going to do a free hit this week. Trent Alexander-Arnold hosting Newcastle might be my captain. If not him, maybe Ian Acho hosting Crystal Palace. TAA yeah. has really had a good run recently. Scored yeah. eight points today. He's motivated to make the Euro squad. He's good enough to do it. You know, and I think Gareth Southgate, I think not including him in the last international break was a stroke of genius on his part. I know that a lot of people bash him. I don't. I think he's very good. I legitimately do. He got England to the World Cup semis, and we'll see what happens in the Euros. He's going to be judged again based on what he does in the Euros. But I think with Trent Alexander-Arnold keeping him out, he motivated him to get into the squad, and he's he's going to get his starting right back back. And I think captaining him against Newcastle might be the right thing to do. Interesting. That's, call, a, Scott. that's a definitely a, a sensible call. I don't see that as being... A, really a that big of a maverick move just because of the form he's in and I, but newcastle i mean you never know this fighting the fighting magpies coming coming to town i don't know uh, fighting magpies who will give up goals though yeah for sure i like a i like a home sala to newcastle sala didn't start today as we're sitting here he which came is off why, the bench. which is why so many folks are going going right back to him if they don't I, have him that's that's my point. But there's a couple. He had a couple of close chances. A couple of he close chances in. out the bat. I mean, there were a couple of shots that just squeaked wide. Bruno and or Mason Greenwood. If you want to go for a flyer, yeah, Mason, my, Mason Greenwood is two point eight owned and or Rashford against Leeds next week. Yeah, my the C is currently on Mason Greenwood in my team uh, as I sit here. It's not but, crazy. No, it's not. I, there's a lot of good matchups this week, so I think you. I think you're within your rights to captain a lot of people. Bruno's, um, I think, but oh. just I think by matchup, I think and and ownership, I think a majority of people that have Bruno are going to go to him, even though there's no good reason to do that right now. Uh, I'm I will seriously consider Ianacho. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good. Home I think Crystal, that's good. Home to Crystal Palace. Guy can't Ianacho's stop scoring. Ianacho's on fire. Yeah. on fire. Scott, you poo pooed him a few weeks ago. You like he's never done this. In his he's whole in career. my squad now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Ianacho scored Listen, again. He's I we sufficiently nine, yelled nine, at him last week to two, do it. 13, he scored midweek. I can Ianacho say, is on the hottest streak of the dude's life. It's a pod rule, right? I can blast a guy all I want, but if I actually put him in my lineup, I have to stop you have to it. stop okay, now. Fair enough. Touche. I'm done. By the way, if he does not give me a return, 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, come on. The numbers are there. No, the numbers are there for Lings right. and Ingram. Even on an off week, pe- Lings scored us a penalty, and he, he still I know. for you. So I know. Like, it's true. Jay Lings continues to crush. He is the newest John Lundstrom to the, your fantasy Uh world. If you really wanted to go to somebody uh, off of Kane, I think I, I'm sure Cavani's uh, transfers in are high since he scored. Ah, garbage time, lucky goal. Scott? I didn't I want know to bring the that points up, are points, but when but he scored, I thought to garbage myself, time goal huh, in your face, yeah, Scott. Yeah, he did it off the bench, Dave. He didn't start, so? just like I said he would. So the guy's not going to play. He still got he's it done. Not going to play he's out. Still scored. He's not going to play out. Fucking points. Points are points. These were lucky points. It's not going to sustain. No way. Kane owners do not be tempted by Edinson Cavani. All right, listen to me. If you were though, it's <laughs> Manchester United playing against Leeds, and you'd get Cavani. Instead of Harry Kane, I don't hate the move. I don't hate that move either, actually. I do. I do. All right. So follow us on social media. Again, we said earlier, reach out to us on social media if you're interested in the game week 38 final day of the season. I don't have a love lock captain this week. I just want to throw that out there. I'm all over the map. Scott, I I killed your clothes. Straight up interrupted. My apologies. It's all right. Follow us on social media if you want to find out who our top scorer is from Game Week 32. Once the game week ends, I'll post that on Friday morning. There's no break between 32 and 33. Ends on Thursday, goes right into 33 starting on Friday. But 33 is a little bit more of a traditional week, so we will come back with a more of a traditional show uh, getting you ready for Game Week 34. But don't forget, Game Week 33 starts on a Friday, and it's a slightly smaller game week, only eight matches. Ryan, you got anything else? No, I'm sure there's going to be something. It's just because it's so stretched out. It's just hard to do anything with. Uh, I mean, so far you see kind of the stats that are rolling in, and the people that, the, in a way, that there's you know some of the people you expect to do something did it. I think Kane getting a brace is already enough for most folks. Um, but depending on what you've got left, yeah, I mean, Sun is the. I think Sun is the other heavy hitter that could really change change the mind. The thing is, you're not, you, you, like I said, next week, you're not losing anything by getting rid of these people, so unless you have a lot of money invested. Which I don't. Alright, that sounds great. Check us on the socials. Please check out FPL The Article if there's one thing you can do the rest of this week. Check out FPL The Article on our Patreon site for the FPL America Podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.